moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons. What a play. Welcome into the Bucks Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. We are concluding the 2020 Commissioner's Corner fantasy football season with exit interviews with some of our greatest guests that we've had on the show this season. My exit interview today is with NFL analyst and co-host of the Cannon Fire podcast. You can find their stuff wherever you download and stream your podcast, and you can also find them on YouTube. Please welcome my good friend, Mr. Evan Wanish. How's it going, buddy? Welcome back to the show. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Last time we had you on the show was our fantasy championship marathon. That was like literally the one and a half to two hour show that we yeah. had in week 16. We had Blue October bassist Matt Noveski. We had Sosa Cremendous from PFF. Awesome show. You guys all knocked it out of the park. It was great uh, analysis. This is your official 2020 fantasy exit interview. Are you ready? I sure am. All right, man, let's start off with this first question. Of course, I got to start it off with the Buccaneers. Can't say it enough, man. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions. In each of our exit interviews, I've asked all of my guests something about the Buccaneers season this this past year in 2020. It's your turn to give us your high-level thoughts on the roller coaster ride that was the 2020 Buccaneers. Well, to me, I'm, I'm going to point out one thing on the offense and one thing on the defense. I think, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I thought at first the, the bye week where it was going to fix everything was kind of overblown, but it really seemed to make a difference. And uh, the offense really started to roll yeah. at, the, at the perfect time. Uh, and then for the defense, uh, the defense was a little shaky at times. I know versus uh, versus Atlanta last game of the year, but they were without Jack Bear and Devin White. And then versus Washington, but yet again without Devin White. But then once Devin White came back against New Orleans, against Green Bay, and then Kansas City, um, just defense playing some of the best offenses in the NFL and just completely not shutting them down, but really uh, just winning the game for, for the Bucks. And, I mean, the offense wasn't great in those games, but you know what? It was good enough, and, and the defense really carried them. You know, Bruce Arian said that week five was the turning point for him. And he said, you know, those guys said that they, that they knew, you know, that it hurt to lose like that because they yeah. barely lost. And, and to lose like that, that seemed to be his turning point. For me, I, I said the same thing as you. It was the bye week. It was the week 13. Now, if they, and I've, I've talked to this about with Evan, I've talked about it with Corey. So I'm going to ask you here, if they had an earlier bye week, Let's just say that week 10 matchup against the Saints was replaced with a bye week instead. Would they have won weeks 11 and 12? Man, I'm, I'm not sure because I really think everything just seemed to come together, right? And and during a Super Bowl year, you need that to come together. So, man, I just it, it was just fate that, like, the bye week came at the exact time. I think they I needed to lose almost. They needed yeah, to lose yeah. to kind of get their ass handed to them a little bit to kind of wake them up a little bit. And that's what Bruce said about – uh, the week five matchup against the Bears was that it, it woke them up a little bit. Yeah. You know, my two carriers was the offensive line and the secondary. I've said it all season long that, you know, prove me wrong. I kept telling him, Donovan Smith, prove me wrong that you can block that left side, that blind mm-hmm. side. Uh, and I kept saying, like, Sean Murphy Bunning, prove me wrong. And holy crap, did he with an interception every single game in the postseason. Uh, he didn't manage to pull one out in the Super Bowl, though, unfortunately. I was really hoping that he would. Yeah. Uh, but that would have been awesome. That was actually one of my uh, bold predictions on on uh, a show that we did leading up to the Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and get into this next question. Who is your favorite fantasy player for 2020? 
Well, my favorite fantasy player, uh, you know, it was in one of my leagues. Um, so I'll, I'll be obviously a little bit biased. I actually think sure, why not? It, it was either it was either last year or, or the year before that I, I had I had this player again. So I decided to, to draft him again. Um, it's going to be a pretty obvious one. But Alvin Kamara, I mean, just, you know, there there was times where he single handedly carried me uh, to to a victory. Uh, obviously, this is uh his performance versus the Vikings, uh, which I think he ended up getting me. It was definitely like 56 points or something alone. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. And then I remember there was a game versus the Packers early in the year that he just absolutely went off. So uh, he, he really carried me to some wins and there was some points where a lot of my other guys were struggling, not putting up the points I thought they were going to, but Kamara really, really uh, picked me up. I think we definitely selected him in that week 16 preview that we did. It was one of our uh, players of the week was Alvin Kamara. No shit. Absolutely. Six touchdowns. He scored 56 points. You mentioned that uh, Tyreek Hill was another big fantasy player for 2020 scoring 57 in a standard league of uh, 57 fantasy points in week 12 against the Buccaneers. That was the big first quarter shutout where they went 17 to zero. The Buccaneers were not having that in the no, Super Bowl. Not were this they? time. Not this time. They did not let him get past him. And don't let the big play get past you. That's all they needed to do. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge and and good lessons learned. My biggest one was Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. That duo really proved that Aaron Rodgers deserves to be the NFL's MVP. I mean, he he had an MVP season overall. Devontae Adams was a huge part of that. And that's what he said. He's like, I just need to make sure I get it to 17 and I'm good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Get it to 17 and I'm good. I actually was swapping him in and out for Lamar Jackson early on in the season. Yeah. Unfortunately, did not have Devontae Adams, but I did have Aaron Rodgers. So that duo right there was my favorite uh, coming out of 2020. Let's talk about the latest news across the NFL. Okay. I want to get this out there because some late dropping news. If you've been living under a rock, you have not been hearing about the latest news that has come out of Philadelphia as well as Indianapolis. Carson Wentz for two draft picks got traded to the Indianapolis Colts to succeed uh, the retired Philip Rivers. So, man, Jacoby Brissett, pretty pissed off there, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think basically he knows that he was given kind of an opportunity. I don't know if he was given a complete shot. Um, it always seemed like they were trying to, to re- replace him. Uh, they were interested in Rivers. They were interested in a bunch of other quarterbacks last year. They ended up going with Rivers. Right. Uh, so I, I think – he sort of saw the writing on the wall, uh, but yeah, I think he's a guy that's gonna be gonna be on on a new team come uh, come opening day next week uh, next yeah. year. Yeah, but let's talk about Wentz. Do you feel like the move to Indianapolis bodes well for him from a fantasy perspective? I mean, does this increase his value? Keeping in mind, he only scored 198 fantasy points coming out of the 2020 season, coming in at 22nd. He was a QB 22. Does this bode well for Carson Wentz? Could move into uh, the Colts. You know, I, I look at Wentz from a fancy perspective, and I, I think he could be a, a decent QB, too. Uh, you know, if you look at what he was working with in Philadelphia, uh, the offensive line, they had a lot of injuries along that offensive line. Uh, their weapons were, were suspect. They paid Alshon Jeffrey a lot of money. He hasn't been available. Deshaun Jackson, a lot of money. He hasn't been available. Uh, and then, you know, the coaching staff just really not putting him in the best position to succeed. And Carson Wentz's MVP season, really, a lot of people credited that to Frank Reich, and who is now the head coach of the Colts. So, 
I think Reich with those weapons, you know, Michael Pittman, uh, T.Y. Hilton, assuming he's back, uh, you know, there, there's a few other guys. You got the running backs, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Naeem Hines, with, you know, arguably one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I'm not saying Wentz is going to be at the MVP. I don't think he's going to return to that form. But I, I think that, you know, if you get a chance, if, you, if you're in need of a backup quarterback, I think you could do much worse than, than Wentz. No, that's that's very true um, for Wentz. But you know what? He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, that was his biggest thing. I think he definitely could have played. Listen, he's going to a playoff caliber team. I mean, they they went to the wild card. They did. They barely lost against the Bills, 27 yeah. to 24. So to be honest, the Bills were lights out at the end of the season. So for them to barely lose, that was a playoff caliber. And if all they're doing is is moving uh, out the quarterback, keeping most of the pieces together. I think it bodes well for Carson Wentz and uh, definitely see him getting drafted. I don't see him sitting on the waiver wire after the draft uh, like we saw him this past season. So I, I, I think he's definitely draftable. And I think you're right. QB2, QB3, at least having him ride your bench to see how well he comes out in, in form. Obviously, give him about, what, five, six weeks to kind of get yeah. acclimated, assuming they have a full offseason yeah, and preseason point, yeah. train, training camp and you know, COVID doesn't screw all that up. Let's talk about the other news really quick. Just brief thoughts. Goff and Stafford. That was an even trade between Detroit and LA. I mean, Goff scored 239 fantasy points. He was a QB 19. Stafford, 260 fantasy points, making him QB 16. So these guys are pretty close in the same realm, right? From a fantasy perspective, but swapping teams like that, what do you think? Yeah, I I actually think that it would be just a classic case of, you know, golf not being as good with, as far as fantasy goes and Stafford being better. Because I think when you pair Stafford with, with Sean McVay and the weapons that uh, L.A. has, I like Detroit's weapons. I like Kenny Galladay. I think he's a good player. I like Marvin Jones. Needs to stay healthy. Yeah, that, that that's a big thing there. And then, you know, but you look at L.A.'s weapons and uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Uh. I mean, the, the, those, those two right there, they just torched um, the Bucks in weeks 11. Oh, Holy man. crap. They torched. Yeah. Us. Yeah. It was actually, I saw a stat. It was so, I believe Cup had 12 receptions and Woods had 11. And that was the first time in Rams history that two wide receivers had uh, 10 plus receptions in the same game. So, uh, and, and then a, they, and then they close out the season losing against the Jets. Yeah. How the hell does that yeah. happen? Man, what was that week 15? Oh. I think so. Yeah, they they were they were a team that just fell apart, but then they somehow went and beat Seattle in the playoffs. Uh, so they somehow won a playoff game. So <laughs> a little more up and down than even what the Buccaneers yeah. were throughout the season. Uh, you don't want to do that at the end of the season. You surely want to do something like the Buccaneers and uh, obviously go seven in a row like they did. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our next question before we head to break. Key highlights. What is your the, the best of the best? What is the most memorable moment for you of the 2020? fantasy football season this could be a big play um huge moment like the Tyreek Hill first quarter a performance against the Buccaneers in week 12 and what was your standout key highlight in 2020 yeah I'm I'm I I hate to do it but I'm gonna go back to the the Alvin Kamara game versus the Vikings just because yeah that was our we were in the championship and uh what a perfect time right so not only that I believe that same week was when the Bucks played on Saturday and I had Mike Evans and he scored two touchdowns as well. So I had a big day against the Lions. So that was a that was a very good week to have your championship, and we were able to secure it basically with Camara alone. So if I had to choose a particular story, that would be that one. 
You know, I said this before on a previous exit interview this week. So I'll just say it again. A, a, a buddy of mine that, that was in the championship round had Alvin Kamara, of course, and he lost the game. He lost oh. the game because everyone else shit the bed. Uh, and, and mm. you know, if he had one receiver that scored double digits, he yeah. probably could have won. I mean, I think he only lost by about eight or 10 points. Yeah. Uh, he definitely could have won. Uh, but yeah. Alvin Kamara was not winning it for everyone. Uh, I think Corey Bushland, who we had on the first exit interview, said that he beat a guy that had Alvin Kamara uh, Mm -hmm. as well that week. All right, man, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to get your picks on keepers, 2021 draft picks, and we'll even touch on some kickers. You're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Bucks Nation podcast, our special Commissioner's Corner Fantasy Football Exit Interview Series. Today, I am joined by the co-host of the Cannon Fire podcast, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mr. Evan Wanish. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Let's go jump right into the next question. I'm not sure if we talked about this that week or not. Probably not because we were talking about championship week and talking about a lot of the big players, but kickers, man. I'm a fan of kickers. I will set them up. I'm a commissioner in three leagues. And I always play kickers. I think they are a strategic pawn in fantasy matchups. Because if you play the right kicker and you know the right matchup and you know who's going to be kicking more field goals or going to be scoring more touchdowns, you could be 10, 15, uh, even as high as 18 fantasy points, which could mean the difference between a win, lose, or draw. Uh Corey Curtis at WKRN2 of Nashville Killers, the Tennessee Titans. He said, know your matchups. Knowing your matchups is the key to fantasy success. Most fantasy managers will be streaming kickers, no doubt, right? But if you know your matchup and you hit a solid kicker on the right team and that's consistent, reliable, well-utilized, like I said, he could be the difference between a win, lose, or draw. Who was your fantasy kicker coming out of 2020? Yeah, well, I'm going to bring it back to a Bucks perspective, and I'm going to go with Ryan Suckup. Why not? I mean, j- j- just like what you said when you were saying the criteria, you know, reliable, uh, a person that you know is going to be kicking a lot, like because it's an offense that's either going to be getting in the end zone or they're going to be getting in field goal range, uh, and just somebody that, that has been accurate and been good, and Ryan Suckup has been all three of those, and he has an offense, especially down the stretch when you're heading into like playoff time. That's when the Bucks were really getting on a tear, uh, just like you said with matchups. If you look yeah. at the matchups they had, you know, against the, the Vikings, against the Falcons, against the Lions, those are all pretty bad defenses. And the Bucks' offense was primed to score a lot of points. So naturally, Suckup would be able to get those opportunities. So that's what I'm going to go with. I mean, one thing Tom Brady knows how to do is get you into the red zone at the very right. least, right? We've been critical a couple times here on the show about the goal to go situations and Fournette not being able to punch it in. And, and then uh, having to go two yards with uh, Mike Evans. I mean, that's kind of like wow right yeah surprising and and that's part of that whole roller coaster right i think we were all mm-hmm. on but ryan suck up absolutely he was ranked eighth with 142 total fantasy points so not not top five the number one jason sanders uh, i was pretty high on him one week we did a preview and uh I, I was accused of having a man crush on jason sanders but that is okay he is doing badass in Miami. Well, actually, speaking of Sanders and the Dolphins, Sanders just signed a five-year extension yesterday. So did he? 
Oh, yes, yes, there you does. go. So he <laughs> is with Miami. So I'm telling you, he's he's going to be well utilized. Uh, they're not making any coaching changes. So I think Jason Sanders could be a number one, if not a top three kicker heading into 2021. He scored 169 fantasy points. Young Way Koo, not Young Ho, Young Way Koo from Atlanta, a very heavily utilized kicker yeah. just because the Falcons were not able to punch in it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's not remember the, the the catch for with Ridley against the Bucks. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we got torched there a little bit in the beginning of the game that uh 27 point or was a 21 point comeback that uh Brady had to make I in the second it, half. I think that they were down 17 nothing and a half. And yeah, playing. okay. Well, he had to make a comeback regardless, right? <laughs> so I mean Young Way Coop. That, that's what he does against the Falcons, though. So yeah, it well, exactly. That's that <laughs> seems to be Tom Brady's uh yeah. Oh, we're playing if we're playing Atlanta. All right, let's go down at least 20 points and kick him in the teeth, not even in the ass. But Koo scored 166 fantasy points. Daniel Carlson at 153. Uh Lauren Carpenter, we had her on the show before. Um, she's from Roto World and uh the fantasy footballers and she loves Tyler Bass from Buffalo 151 fantasy points he came in at number four so there are a lot of great kickers guys I mean to be honest don't be shy I know you're gonna push them back to like the 12th 13th round when you draft them in redraft leagues don't rule out your kickers and if if your kickers are not being relied on if you guys don't have bonus points for 40 50 plus kicks you need to talk to your commissioners and start mm-hmm. getting some bonuses in there so you can make your your kickers a little bit more competitive on your fantasy rosters. Heading into 2021, I want to know, you are on a keeper league. Who is your keeper heading into 2021? You know, I actually think I might go with, again, I hate to do it, but I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Uh, I, I think... Uh, What's the uh, hate about that? Just because no. it's, it's all it's just been a, a lot of it's just a bunch of bucks, you know, just a lot of my, my kickers Ryan suck up, my keepers, Mike Evans. So, oh, why not? Uh, Come on, you yeah. cover the bucks, you love the bucks, why not have a buck? Uh so I, I just think that you know this guy's just shown no signs of slowing down. This offense has shown no signs of slowing down. And I no. think year two with Tom Brady, it just I have to imagine it would only get better. And obviously, we're not sure about the statuses of Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown, both are free agents. I think it matters. I, yeah, I, Mike I Evans. I mean, I don't think it matters because yeah. both of them having dealing with injuries throughout the season. Mike yeah. Evans was still very consistently being thrown to. I mean, Tom Brady, that's his dude. That's his dude. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to get his. I, I think that's that's established. And especially, you know, just you really saw this season. They're utilizing him as a red zone threat. Right. He is um, a lot of red zone touchdowns this year, which actually a guy his size, you'd think he has more, but that was an issue in the past. They, they weren't really throwing him in the red zone this year, really, really corrected it. So I think he's just going to be a scoring machine again. And I mean, you saw a lot of games where he'd have three or four, like three catches for 15 yards, but he'd have two touchdowns. So, um, and you know, right. I, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I think he's just going to continue to be a scoring machine. And I, I think that he'd be a, a wise person to, to keep. I mean, don't count on him in PPR, right? I mean, he, the yeah. most he had per right. game was about seven or eight receptions per game. I, I think the I think the one receiver that had the most receptions per game was Antonio Brown when he made that forty five thousand dollars extra bonus. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but I, you know, Tom Brady, that's what he does well is spread the ball around. You're not going to get one guy. He's not going to get the Jameis Winston go route. You know, instead, yeah, that's Scotty Miller. That's Antonio Brown. Right. Uh, even Gronkowski, right? Along the sideline. Yeah. I mean, he was getting uh, some the of the seam, deep. Yeah. 
Mike Evans was not getting a lot of those. I mean, he was getting a lot of the Renzo to goal to go situations. He was getting a lot of the 5, 10, 15 yard. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you know what Evans was, was getting a lot of though. He was, and obviously it does no good for fantasy owners. He was getting a lot of pass interferences on those deep balls though. And, and, and that's, you know, just, it won't show up in a stat sheet and yeah, for fantasy owners, that sucks, but Tom knows uh, how to pull that out too. He yeah, knows it. Exactly. So he's going to throw to Evans and, and make sure that that DPI gets, uh, gets called every time. So we saw that several times. Yeah. That's right. uh, so it's all in the Super Bowl, And it was, you know, and then the bucks that set up the bucks going up, you know, uh, 21 to six, I believe. Evans isn't a bad play. And I think, especially with the communication issues that they had early on that, that, that got quick, quickly rectified and Tom Brady and Mike Evans could be the most dynamic quarterback wide receiver duo could be very similar to Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Again, I don't think, you know, as many receptions, but I definitely think the reliability from a communication and it's going to be even more precise. Right. I mean, it's going to be a lot of back shoulder throws. It's going to be a lot of over just over, right. Going to hit that dime because he's going to anticipate Mike Evans speed a lot more than he did in 2020. Great keeper just because of the matchup with Tom Brady, knowing that both of them are definitely coming back for the 2021 season. My keeper, you kind of want to, you know, if you're going to give up a first round draft pick in a, in a redraft with a keeper, I might actually want to pick Cam Akers. And I'm taking a play out of Corey Bushland's book. Uh, he said Cam Akers is his dude for 2021. And that matchup, especially with Stafford, Going in there, they, they may just lean on Stafford's injury prone. We, we still can't ignore that, right? I mean, regardless of his weapons with Woods and Cup, he's still injury prone. You probably want to keep it on the ground. You're probably going to have a pretty nice blend of pass and rush. And Corey said, this is a Marshall Falk quality type of running back moving into the 2021 season. I can't can't blame him for that Uh Clyde Edwards E. Lair may also be a very, very, very good keeper. Probably can't, can't uh, Camaro was my question mark. I said it before mm-hmm. because I just the question mark with the quarterback quarterback situation. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, again, there's speculation as to the timing of Camara and, yeah. and Taysom Hill. And if Taysom Hill, which we're all assuming he will take the reins in new Orleans over uh, Jameis Winston. So, we'll have to see, but Camara, there's some question marks over there, but he is hands down. He is a good one. I mean, he's a good one to keep. If obviously he is one of your top performers coming out of 2020, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this exit interview with one final question, assuming a full redraft format and everything stays the same, right? This is pre-free agency pre-draft. Who are you selecting number one overall in 2021? You know, it's somebody that I'm going to give a lot of consideration to um, is Dalvin Cook. I think uh, it's I not just, bad. I, I've I've overlooked Cook for for too long. I, I think, and I like Cook as a player. I've always like Cook, but from a fantasy perspective, I've always felt like you know Minnesota. We know that they're going to utilize Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Well, now Diggs ain't there, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we saw that took Cook Justin really, Jefferson really had a really good year. Yeah, I know he's yeah he's there. I mean, um, but I, I still think Minnesota is going to be a run first team. They're going to rely on the run. Yeah, and I think that Cook could be a guy that's worthy of a number one pick. I, I think you know with especially when you don't know the the health of McCaffrey, the health of Barkley, you don't know the health of those types of guys. Uh, I I think Cook could make a lot of sense. But really, I think it's it's more wide open this year than it has been in years past. 
you know, someone who has had uh, top five yards per carry, top five yards after contact, Derrick Henry keeps yeah. getting overlooked as well. And uh, Corey Lentini on yesterday's show actually said it as well. He's like, why do I keep overlooking him? So when you said I, I you overlooked Delvin Cook, like a lot of people overlook Derrick Henry. Uh, and it's like if he falls outside, he typically will fall outside of the top five. And then all of a sudden yeah. you get someone that picks him up that's wise enough to say, yeah, well, you know, I need a good running back. And Derrick Henry is heavily relied on. Uh, especially when you are not able to rely on wide receivers like Corey Davis. So unfortunately, uh, but Derrick Henry, you know, might be that good uh, number one pick. There's a couple other notables here. Uh, again, Cam Akers in a redraft. If you don't have keepers, maybe someone that you might want to look at. He's he's a lot lower on the rankings. I, I think there's a lot more. There's a lot better options that I think in a standard 10 or 12 man league that you're going to be playing in. Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. But again, do you go wide receiver or do you go running back? Very rarely will you ever go quarterback. And if you do, you're probably not. There's got to be some major bonuses because that's just that's a dumb move overall. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think we talked about it with the Vikings, could very well be a very good wide receiver. Probably second round, right? I was matching them up with, you know, if you went McCaffrey or Barkley, you know, first overall or at least top five pick then you, you'll want to pair them up in the second round with Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf. So those may yeah. be uh, good pairings, you know, running back wide receiver type of pairings. Clyde Edwards, Elaire is also a question mark. I think he will, him and Travis Kelsey will have another breakout year. I don't doubt Tampa Bay, Kansas city, Super Bowl 56. No, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't rule it out either. Honestly, no, it just, and just because if you look at both teams, I know that the Bucks have a lot of free agents, but I, I expect them, a lot of them to be back. So, um, you know, if, if Jason you Light has team, his work cut out for a man, a lot, a lot, <laughs> um, Jason Light and the entire, the entire front office. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if you look at both these teams, they're primed to really have very similar rosters to what they had this year. Yeah. So um, I, I, it wouldn't be a surprise. It's very tough to do to, to get back there, even not just win it, but well, I wouldn't surprise me. Well, you guys are going to want to check out our free agent spotlights up on BucksNation.com. We're doing a bunch of spotlights of free agents across the league and how they could potentially be a fit here in Tampa Bay. Well, I have one more bonus question. This is really quick. Don't even need to make this long drawn out. Where do you predict Ronald Jones fantasy value to be in 2021? Mm, that's actually interesting. I think it really relies on because I think the Bucks are a team that obviously doesn't have much needs in the draft. And I think if you're looking at that's what scares me. If if you like Ronald Jones as far as fantasy goes, I think they could draft a guy like Najee Harris if he's available. So yeah. that would really cut in. A lot of people Jones. are putting him at 32nd. Yeah. They're they're putting yeah. him at 32nd. So, I mean, if, if you get Harris, obviously, then I, I don't think you can draft Jones that high at all. But, uh, I mean, as, assuming they, they give him the reins, maybe they, they could sign a third down back like a, a James White or something. Um, I think they would have enough trust in Jones to, to give him the rock. And, uh, I, I mean, if, if he's still available there and, and you need a, you know, if you need a bench running back, I think it's, it's definitely worth taking a, taking a flyer on him. I don't think Fournette comes back. No, I think I don't that's think yeah. I think that's that's my my call uh, on free agency. I think uh, they let Fournette go. They thank him very much for the contributions, and he won them a Lombardi. Uh, got the one touchdown. Played awesome in the playoffs. But yeah, I think he's I think he's done in Tampa. So it, it, it'll all depend on what happens in the draft. I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. 
Evan, thank you so much for joining me today. This was your 2020 fantasy football exit interview. You are dismissed. That'll do it for us here on Bucks Nation. I want to thank my special guest today, Evan Wanish of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me, just like you said, on the Cannon Fire Podcast, YouTube, Cannon Fire Podcast, every major podcasting platform, uh, whether that's you know, Apple, whatever you got, Apple, Android, whatever you got, we're on Spotify as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EvanNFL. Yeah, you can also find my co-host on Twitter at Redicus. So uh, you can find it at the podcast Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod, which is where you'll actually be able to find both of our personal accounts as well. So That was a lot of information, so don't yeah. hesitate to hit the <laughs> rewind button to capture all that. Really appreciate everyone for joining us for our special exit interview series, all part of our Commissioner Corner Fantasy Football segment. Stay tuned in each week as we continue to bring you fantastic coverage from all angles, including fantasy football on the Bucks and across the NFL. If you want to submit a question or a shout out, comment, question, whatever you want, hit up our brand new mailbag at BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us your name and a message. We'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, Bucks Nation, wave your flags high and fire the cannons. See ya.